for all of us to think about a glorious sunset. On this episode, we will put this idea through its paces and solicit a variety of opinions from economists. I love that idea. To physicians. It would be a public relations nightmare. To physicians who are also public intellectuals. It's so cold-blooded. It's so calculating. It's so utilitarian uh, that it's not American. And we hear from you, our listeners. My name's Samu. I'm 40 years old. First, I'd like to know who's the heartless person who thought of this. Second of all, I think it's pretty genius, actually. From WNYC Studios, this is Freakonomics Radio, the podcast that explores the hidden side of everything. Here's your host, Stephen Dubner. The proposal under consideration today comes from a listener who sent us an email. I'm Tim Price. I'm the chief investment officer for a mid-sized public pension fund. Okay. You want to name the public pension fund for us? I've been asked not to. Ah, <laughs> so this, okay. this is a personal idea and not a uh, not a organizational idea. Fair enough. In other words, that's a good hint that the idea we're about to discuss is so repugnant that your firm is smart enough to not want not want to be anywhere near it. Well, I, I shouldn't say repugnant, but it's um potentially it's, unpalatable. It's <laughs> potentially unpalatable. That's a, a good way of putting it. Price lives in the Bay Area. He's in his late thirties. Got a wife, two kids. Kids are six and two. Okay, and what are their names? I'm just curious. Sure, uh, Calvin and Elliot. Like I said, we first heard from Tim Price via email. I asked him now to read the email aloud. Why don't health insurance companies offer bonuses to patients who are willing to forego standard end-of-life medical care? When a patient receives a terminal diagnosis, I have to believe that the health care companies have actuaries and data sets that would give them guidance on what the next 6 to 24 months of medical care would cost. For patients willing to skip this type of care, my idea is for a bonus according to the following formula. An immediate bonus of approximately 50% of the difference between the actual underwriting of standard medical care and hospice or palliative care. The patient maintains control over the optionality, but an immediate benefit opens up to them. One last grand vacation, a lasting legacy for the next generation, etc. The health insurer gets an actuarial gain and makes progress towards disincentivizing excessive consumption of health care in the final months of life. Seems like a no-brainer to the economist and me, though my sociologist wife thinks I'm completely cold-blooded. The idea came up, Price tells us, when he and a few colleagues were doing what they always do at work, kicking around investment ideas. Yeah, we, we kept coming back to the idea that, um, depending on the study you look at, you know, 40, 60, 80% of um, lifetime medical care is expended in the final 12 months or the end of life generally. And once you go down that road of thinking, you get to an obvious fork. It comes down to this idea of, you know, are you optimizing quality of life or are you optimizing quantity of life? And under the current structure, it looks like, from my perspective, you're optimizing quantity of life as a proxy for quality of life. And how long into this conversation did you realize that a lot of people, when they first hear an idea like this, are just going to immediately hate it? Oh, pretty much immediately. 
Uh, the, the, I mean, it touches on a lot of taboos, right? I mean, you're, you're touching on death, you're touching on money, you're touching on healthcare, which is clearly a third rail. All right, Levitt, how do you like that idea, the end-of-life, uh, surrendering end-of-life care for a cash rebate idea from the insurance company? I love that idea. I have so long railed against the kind of spending that we do at the end of life. And one thing that's hard about end of life is someone's got to decide if it's really end of life, right? So it's, it's really easy after someone dies to say, oh, that was the last month of their life. But, but before the person dies, it's not so easy to tell. And so if you, if you leave a decision about end of life care up to the government, then the problem is people say, oh, no, that's death panels. That's, you know, I always, that person's not going to die. We could still save them. But if the, if the patient himself or herself says, look, this is the end of my life. I don't want this expensive care. I'd rather have the money go to my, my kids or to charity. Then I think that's a, a, a really brilliant way.